Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy you've tuned into the show. Whether you have listened before or you're brand new, I'm so grateful for you. You have no idea. And this episode is brought to you by my Become Aligned course. And podcasts are amazing. And I know that you know that because you guys all listen to them. And I do too. And sometimes they are not necessarily enough because while we're listening, sometimes we're passively listening and we're not actively listening. So the reason that Chris and I, Chris is my husband, the reason we've created this course is because we get asked so many questions outside of the podcast on how we started living the life that we live now, a life of happiness, of abundance, of really understanding that life is always full of problems every single day, but there's always a solution. And how do we shift back into a mindset that's going to keep us happy, keep us together, keep us successful, and keep us in thriving relationships. And that is what 
our Become Aligned course is about. Because we cover everything from mindset to the rituals that we do every single day. We talk about different energy sources that's really going to provide you with lasting energy. We talk about your purpose and what that actually means, what it is, and how it's ever-changing. We're going to tap into your beliefs. We're going to show you how to build a tribe to support where you're going. And we're definitely going to talk about wealth, abundance, money, all of the good things and how to sustain all of this. Because while, like I said, podcasts are absolutely awesome, you don't necessarily sit down and actually write out a plan for yourself. Because as much as I can sit here and tell you on the podcast what we do and how much, how many different people that I can interview, it's important that you actually learn how to apply these things in your own life. So if you've been listening for a while and you are ready to go deep and you really want to get some direct training and be able to dive into your life and yourself and your mindset, this is the course for you. I don't know about you, but I absolutely have points in my life where I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes I hit walls where I don't necessarily feel happy anymore and I haven't sat with myself long enough. I haven't really let myself think. I haven't written out how I actually feel. And so many people who took this course said that it was completely life-changing and they revealed a lot of things about themselves, about them li- about their lives, about their relationships that they weren't really looking at or they were avoiding. And it's about having those tough conversations, not only with other people, but really with yourself and knowing that you have the tools and the access to the tools. And we're going to teach you all of the tools that you need, not only to move through things, but to actually thrive on the other side. So you guys, I would love for you to join the Aligned community. It's such a special group of human beings and you get lifetime access. This is nine different modules where you're going to be working through each area of your life at your own pace. So you might need something on abundance. You might need more on you know money. You might need more on your purpose, on your tribe. This is where you can really go deep on exactly what you need and make sure that you're not missing any of your blind spots if you are feeling stuck or if you are wondering how everyone is doing it and how they're managing it all. This is a truly honest course about how to have a thriving life and manage and deal with all of the different problems that do come up in your life and understand that not everyone is going to support you and not everyone is for you and you are not for everyone. And that's okay. It's finding your people. It's forgiving yourself. It's creating a life of abundance and choosing your own purpose and your happiness. So you guys, you can go to becomealigned.com. That's becomealigned.com. And you guys know that because you're listeners, I'm going to give you an awesome deal and an awesome discount. And I cannot wait to see you in that community. And also let me know if you join because it is such an awesome, awesome uh, community. And also I'm really proud of this course. Chris and I poured our heart and our soul into this. Everything that we've done, everything that we've learned, we've invested so so much into ourselves that this is everything that we have applied in our lives. And if you want to know how we've done it, we put it all on the table. We've put it all in this course. So if you want to know, go check it out at becomealigned.com. So let's get into the show. 
when you shine and you allow yourself to shine, not in a boastful way, but in a truthful, authentic mm-hmm. way that you deserve to shine, you by default extend an invitation for them to, hey, get out of the gutter. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. This episode, I was lucky enough to sit across from this human being. You guys, we connected because she asked me to do an interview for Oprah Meg, and she is a writer for them. And we connected, jumped on the phone, and I ended up literally forgetting what in the heck we were doing. And we just started talking and having this epic conversation. And I didn't even get to see this human and my soul felt immediately connected. So Lacey Johnson is an award-winning essayist, editor, and journalist. She's worked with a broad range of authors, celebrities, and entrepreneurs, including Deepak Chopra and Damon John. She founded The Wonder Report in 2018. Her words can be read in a variety of print, including Cosmo, Marie Claire, Woman's Day, Pop Sugar, and Oprah Mag, many of which have been syndicated by Apple News, MSN, The Huffington Post, and Yahoo!, With a deep intrigue for human beings and a fiery passion for smacking her readers in the face with the truth, she writes and reports boldly and introspectively about topics that challenge the status quo. She talks about anything in the realm of love, relationships, spirituality, trauma, women's issues, wellness, and the nuances of success and leading a fulfilling life. She's also deep in the process of co-authoring her first book, which I'm so freaking excited for. You guys, she let me read a little blurb um, of some of her writing in other areas. And I literally was just breath taken aback by how beautiful her writing is. She actually shares a piece on this podcast that is going to blow your mind. You're going to need to get this book. I'm going to have her on again when this book comes out. She just doesn't know it yet. So she's deep in the process of co-authoring her first book. It's a conscious and gutsy exploration of the illusions of fame, power, success, and the inescapability of humanness all told through narratives involving some of the people the world most idolizes. She's got some stories, you guys, that are going to take your breath away and move you. And I can't wait to get started on this podcast. And before we do that, I have to remind you that I need to see you at The Bliss Project. It's no longer an option. Do you like how I'm just telling you? This is your loving nudge to get your rear end out to Marina Del Rey, California just right by Los Angeles, guys, so that we can be together to connect, to move through your fears, to find your tribe and truly get all of the answers that are in one room. And you can just show up, just be willing to show up, bring your fear, bring your excitement, pack it all, pack your leggings because we're going to be comfortable as well. 
All right, you guys, go to theblissproject.info because I don't want you to miss it. We have the most epic speakers this year. You are not going to want to miss being in this room. And might I just mention... I am going to have some of the most fun spots and things to take pictures with. You're not even going to take it. So it is like over the top right now with what I'm looking at for staging and the room. So you just want to be in the room for the pictures, let alone just the boomerangs. That's all, guys. All right. So let's get started on this podcast. Here we go. You guys, I'm so excited because you always know that whenever I get to do an in-person podcast... It's so awesome to not be sitting up here by myself. So Lacey, thank you so much for coming from Na- or from Nashville. Yes, all the way. But you travel all over. I do. New York, yeah. LA, pretty regularly, yeah. So thank God you have those spots and it's not like we're going to, you know, Columbus or Nebraska, <laughs> oh, which great, great places, you guys. But in the winter, they're not <laughs> as... a listener right now going, no. How oh, there's a listener who just turned off. <laughs> you guys, I'm from Upper Michigan and Wisconsin. Okay, I'm allowed I'm allowed to say that. But it's, Nashville's awesome too. Yeah, and I'm Southern and I'm not offended by that, <laughs> which is a rarity as well. <laughs> I don't hear a Southern accent. Were you raised really? there? Yeah. Actually, I'm from Mississippi. Maybe it's just because you're in LA and it, like I, you've acclimated. Well, I think I've just talked to so many people from all over, like every corner yep. of the world. And I I, I, I don't know. I, I think it comes You're, out when I'm angry, if I get pissed off. If we start talking about the topics that we're planning to talk oh, about. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I'll hear some Southern, I'll hear some Southern yes. wor- words. Some you know, you kind crime. of have a universal personality though. Like the first time that I met you, when what, we were just on an interview, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, For um, Oprah Magazine. I was like, have I known you forever. Yeah. You have one of those personalities where I truly think I could probably put you in any room and you would be able to figure something out. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I love people. Yeah. Um, I just really do. I think that's why I'm, I became a writer and a journalist and Mm -hmm. why I I enjoy uh, my work. Um, I'm just so just endlessly interested in people, the human Mm. experience, the beauty, the pain, the mess of it. Some of it could come from uh, experiencing trauma at a very, yeah. very early age and just kind of having to, having a lot of adults around me who are grieving and really having to pay attention and just mm. seeing a lot of emotions and ex- like extreme emotions yeah. at a very young age, seeing a lot of joy, seeing a lot of grief, seeing a lot of, you know, up, you know, just an, an uproar of emotions. So maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, that's interesting. So seeing, uh, you know, traumatic things at a young age or people going through so much, do you think that you wanted to, you know, collect evidence on someone could still be happy or? I don't know. I think I, I, I think I wanted to collect evidence on how I could make people happy. Mm. I think so. That kind of stems, that kind of leads to what we were planning to talk oh, about. Oh yeah. But I think, being seeing such extreme emotions and having so many adults around me who were so saturated in grief mm. when I was very young, I really learned to read people, read you know body language, read facial expressions, read tone, and kind of figure out a way that I could kind of eject people from mm. that space sometimes and make them smile, even if only for a moment. You know, and that became a really beautiful thing. But it also, you know, there's there's sort of the, the perversion side of that where mm-hmm. that becomes like something you almost become addicted to. But I don't know. I just think, I also think some of it is that having experienced a lot of trauma, you know, you really can't see the beauty in life unless you've seen the, seen the ugliness. Mm. Um, you can only appreciate something 
you know, as much as you've encountered its opposite, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if, if something can only be, I mean, you know, a white looks the whitest against a black wall, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I think that maybe that's it. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, I, I feel things very differently, very deeply, very dramatically, mm-hmm. very intensely, meaning I can get very angry. I can, I get very happy, um, but I, I just, I'm in love with just people's emotions and mm-hmm. their stories. And so maybe that's, mm-hmm. that's but I feel the same way about you. I, everything you were just saying, I'm like, yes, yeah, you're, you're yes, so, I yeah, feel that. You're, you're, you, I feel like you're, there's something like, you're like the quintessential friend, like girlfriend mm. that anybody would want to, you know, like link arms with and be like, this is my pal. This is my girl. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and I just, everything that you just said, I so understand because I think as a, at a young age, I just experienced a lot of really unhappy people mm. and I had... I was one of the, I, I had a light that was just like always on, but also could experience a lot of what they were feeling. You know, I think you, I took on a lot of their emotion, but also was like, I knew that I, I had something in me that had the power to kind of turn people's feelings around when I was with them. Yeah, I but that. that's, it, while it's beautiful, like you said, it also can become... Your value. Uh, yeah, a huge and, and a huge responsibility and really exhausting and never giving your spell, self space to ever be the person who breaks down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so sure. what got you interested in... I know that you just said, you know, dealing with people's emotions and just, uh, you know, really learning about how people function, what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. What got you really started in writing? Like, what was that moment of, oh, I think that I would like this? Oh, gosh, it happened so organically. Um, it was it, Writing was not something that I really thought that would become my career. When yeah. I, it, it was my escape. It's like, it was so natural that it was like, I'm going to eat the most delicious plate of spaghetti for, and that's going to be my yeah, career. That's very you know? natural. That's very natural for me eating yeah. spaghetti. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, I, mean, I get that. It was just like <laughs> stepping outside on a beautiful day and taking a walk on the beach. You know, mm. it's, it was, I think r- the page as a child, because there was so much happening. It just, so, it was my sanctuary. Mm. Um, and I used to get into trouble because I would sit down to do my homework and, um, I would start writing a story, an essay mm. would come pouring out. I didn't wow. know it was an essay at, a time, at the time. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, something like a, a work of fiction or a poem or, um, or song lyrics or whatever. Um, it, it, it just, just it was mm. just my sanctuary and where I laid my heaviest burdens down. But it was also a playground where mm. I played and where I found joy and beauty. And, and sometimes I think I, you know, felt led to illuminate my world if I was going through something and I was ha- having a difficult time processing it. But then sometimes I would use it as a way to create another world if mm. I was having trouble being in my world. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so what did you think you were going to do? Did you have an idea I, or? I, I wanted to be, oh my gosh, I wanted to be Madonna when I was little. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I wanted to be, I don't know. I, I was just very creative mm-hmm. um, and I felt it, it was, it was, I was very rambunctious and creative. Um, thought about being a makeup artist, you know, a songwriter, performer. Um, but, but writing was just always mm. the thing that just called me back and it was just so natural. And, um, and, and then, then as I got a little older, mm-hmm. I 
really became interested in journalism, not just writing about my stories, but really exploring the stories of other people. Mm. And also uh, my dad um, is a civil rights lawyer. So I would, I, I kind of became passionate about, man, th- th- these are conversations that need to be had, or this mm. is an issue that people don't know about. I, I really became led to illuminate and inform. Um, so I think that's sort of merged why, which is why I'm now, you know, a magazine journalist. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. How long have you been doing that? Uh, steadily about six years. Was yeah. it like unsteady in the beginning? Yeah. Well, actually, um, we were just talking about earlier. I just turned 40 in, in August. Which you guys, literally, I was like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> you were like 10 it. years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, you look extraordinarily young as oh, well. Stop. Go you on. do. You do. It's on recording. Um, I'm going to listen again. <laughs> Play it back. Um, <laughs> my voice will be in your head every every bad morning you have. Um, yep. So the okay, uh, not really. So I was always the person. I was in school for for writing and journalism in my twenties. Oh, okay. So I knew that's what mm-hmm. I was going to do. But I also got a really great job um, for with this cosmetic company doing events and promotions and things. And I sort of just got comfortable in that. And I knew that I won. I won some. Um, a, few, a couple small literary contests when I was in my twenties. I did really well. Um, did you know some work on the newsletter in college? Mm-hmm. I had um, did this internship with this um, mission trip, and I did a lot of their like brochures and the blog for it and all that. Uh, so I'd gotten like a lot of you know little jobs, but but so many people, including the people that I went to college with, they. It, people just believe that, oh, that's so far-fetched, you know, to ever actually, you know, achieve, you know, writing for magazines or, mm-hmm. you know, that you're never going to, no, but it's hard to right. make money as a totally. writer. It's hard to be successful. And, you know, there were times I just, it felt silly. It felt elusive, but something so deep inside of me was like, no, I, I really, this is my every intention. Mm. And it, there was, and, and then all of a sudden it just sort of like took root. I was actually maybe 32. Um, and I was like, I'm tired of playing around. I really feel like this is what I'm meant to do. This is mm-hmm. what I want to do. And one day I'm going to be 40 and I'm either going to be that or I'm not. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to hate my life or I'm going to be doing something that sucks or I'm going to be doing what I love. Either way, I'm going to get there if I have mm-hmm. the luxury of living that long. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to give my precious time anymore to work that doesn't fulfill me, that I don't feel aligned, that aligns with my soul's, you know, um, you know, purpose, you could say purpose, calling, just the, the truth of my soul, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, and, and I feel like if you have a passion to do something that, and it makes you come alive, like that thing makes you come alive. And it also extends an invitation for other people to come alive. Then how could, how could it ever be wrong? Mm-hmm. I love that. So, you know, you talked a little bit about going, like seeing a lot of different traumatic things when you were younger. Mm-hmm. What are a couple things that you believe shaped you? Oh my gosh. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. Well, um, to, be, to begin, so this isn't, this sort of is a part of it. I, I don't know if it's entirely, but these are like micro traumas and mm-hmm. then there's a big one. I'm from, um, a small, small, tiny town in Mississippi. I grew up in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We moved there when I was a kid, but I'm from a very, very small town in Mississippi. And um, my family is extremely religious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, sorry, but a bit puritanical. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there was, I encountered, not, not everyone, but, but parts of my family, I encountered, you know, some legalistic thought processes that were a bit oppressive to me that didn't align with me. And, mm-hmm. and, and I was a very, you know, curious child. It wasn't enough for me to be told this is the truth and this is what you just believe. Yeah. Why? Why? Yes. Why? It was just a very searching, rambunctious. I wanted to taste the fruit. I didn't mm-hmm. want to just be told that, you know, that this is what you're supposed to, mm-hmm. this tree is what you're supposed to eat from, whatever. Um, so that was, that was, those were micro traumas because it, that was very unsettling for me. Um, even though I have such a beautiful, loving family and they had the best of intentions, I have a beautiful family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really felt aligned with a lot of people in my family because I felt like I was not a person, even from a tiny young age, to just believe something that I was told. I remember mm-hmm. getting in trouble and being put in timeout by a Sunday school teacher because I raised my hand and I was like, this Bible verse does not make sense. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, there was a lot of that, a lot of, um, a lot of like fire and brimstone and just messages that scared me. And then when I was six years old, um, my family had a family furniture store business mm-hmm. and it was owned by my father's family, uh, my dad and my um, grandfather and my uncle owned it. And my mother and my two aunts and my grandmother worked there. And my dad was actually running for mayor mm-hmm. at the t- of the town at that time. And on election day, there was this insane freak explosion. And my mm-hmm. mom and my two grand my my grandmother and my two aunts passed away. Oh. And 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 my dad became was elected mayor on the same oh my, day. Oh my gosh. So my life became constant. Like there were, I always say there were like eyes on me uh, all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it, it also made national news because mm-hmm. it was such, there were seven people died. We had three employees in the, in, the, in the store and, but, you know, four people in one family, a lot of um, my cousins, you know, uh, older sister, a lot of children without yes. their mothers mm-hmm. and it made national news. And um, we, there, you know, there were a lot of, there were, it, it for that town, for to be such a tiny yes. town that never got any yeah. media coverage, it was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, my mom died and because all the women on my dad's side into the family, there was not an adult in my life who was not saturated in grief. Yes. Saturated in grief. I mean, it was a time when no one was out, was without a saturated tissue in their hand. Mm-hmm. There was a time when like eyes were lowered, staring at their feet in, you know, the recliner for hours mm-hmm. on end. So that was, um, that was extremely traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that sort of, and then there are other traumas that, that ha- occurred after, you know, just the aftermath mm-hmm. and not, not understanding death at that age and mm-hmm. being told, oh, your mom went to heaven. And, I, and so for a very long time um, as a child, I, I didn't really understand what that meant. So every time we would go to an off place, like an amusement park or a mall that we never met, we never went to, I would look for her mm. because I, I I didn't grasp. I mean, even as I grew older, you know, um, and I processed, you know, and my in my rational mind that she was gone, she mm-hmm. passed away, she did not, you know, choose to, and she wasn't coming back. The imaginary side that that had taken root. And so I, so, so there were, there was, a, there were a lot of abandonment issues mm-hmm. and things like that. Wow. 
Yeah. yeah, that is a lot when you don't even have the the skills or coping mechanism or understand what's even going on mm-hmm. around you yet. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how that impacted you, just how you looked at everything growing up. How does that affect you with um, just relationships in general oh now? God. Well, for a very long time, I had definitely had some abandonment issues, even though I have a, my dad, wonderful, wonderful, incredible, resilient man grandparents, um, my other, my maternal grandmother, grandparents, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had, I had a lot of family, but, um, I think, you know, you get things in your head and my dad remarried to an incredible woman. Um, and I now have, um, two brothers who I'm so incredibly close to, mm-hmm. uh, have an amazing relationship with them, love them, can't even imagine my life without them. But I also think that you know, trauma will bully and deceive you and it will um, tell you things that aren't true. It will deceive you. You know, I think trauma told me that I was leftovers from a life Mm. that went badly wrong and I would never, you know, I was just the aftermath of so much sadness. And now my dad had, you know, restarted this new life Mm. and I just didn't belong. And no, no one ever said anything like that to me, but, but, um, so that, that affected me. And I, and I think that it led me to getting some very toxic, dysfunctional, romantic relationships in Mm. my latter teens and twenties. I was with very, um, I was with a couple of very abusive men. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular is so extremely abusive. And because I think subconsciously, I was so terrified of being abandoned mm-hmm. that I knew they were so obsessed with me that they would never leave me, which sounds mm. incredibly, which is really dysfunctional, really sick. But I, I didn't know that in a conscious way. Right. But I knew that, but I, but I think that's what was going on. Mm. That was that was sort of what drove me to, to stay in those really sick relationships that, that, I had, I was so just, I had such severe abandonment issues Mm -hmm. that I really had had to work through. Oh yes. But I, but I also think that it made me really see the value of life, the fragility. Mm. Um, I definitely think I'm a better friend. Mm. Um, I did meet my husband and have a wonderful marriage. I definitely think I'm a better wife because Mm. of the things that I've been through. And I think I'm a better mother. I, I mean, my daughter is eight and a half months old and, you know, my journey to motherhood is very different than a lot of others. Um, you know, I, I did not have, I craved since I was six years old, that mother daughter connection, mm-hmm. you know, um, that bond that, that I lost. Right. Um, even though my dad did remarry an incredible woman who is a woman who is a mom to me as well. And I love her so incredibly much. I still had a mother that I knew and loved and lost. Mm-hmm. And I think I was sort of searching for that. And I, uh, experienced four years of unexplained infertility before I got pregnant. Mm. And there was never anything wrong. I was really healthy. And uh, it was not until, and this this is a true story, it was not until I, I just had this epiphany one day. I was lying on an acupuncture table and I was just like, do I deserve to be a mom? Can mm. I be a mom? Because I think I felt like maybe there was something subconscious that I felt like maybe because I had I didn't have that mm. that that maybe I didn't I didn't have the mother chip that mm-hmm. I didn't have the the mother gene the you know what I mean it yes, was or, or, totally or, or I think I was afraid that I would have a daughter and that history would repeat itself and I would leave her mm-hmm. there were all of these irrational things but that makes sense in in your shadow yes. thoughts you know and that, that drive your life mm-hmm. um, and it was not until I had this moment on an acupuncture table. And I just had this visualization where I sort of like asked myself, like, do you, do you deserve to be a mother? Do you, 
can you find a chapel of grace within yourself to, mm. you know, forgive yourself of, of years of mistakes and for, you know, just your past not being very jagged and, and, um, and for delaying motherhood and so many things. And all of a sudden I, I just was like, yes. And mm. I'm not kidding you three or four weeks at the most, I was standing in the bathroom holding a positive pregnancy wow. test in my hand. Yeah. I've heard so many stories somewhat just mm-hmm. similar around the just really looking at what a possible root thought is that's been driving you without even realizing it. And until we get quiet like that and just, you know, apparently someone's sticking needles in your face or wherever. Oh, I know. Well, I think it was just being alone. And I had just started going to acupuncture and I wasn't even going for that. I was going for, I'm a writer. So I'm always at my desk, like I had some sort of a stick Stiff, stiffness in my neck. Yeah. And so I went and I'd only been gone a couple of times and I don't know what, what it was. Yeah. I mean, she would probably say that it was some energy that released or something. I don't right. know. But but that that little it popped up and said hello yeah. and I had to address it and and I processed it and and that's all it took. And I was pregnant. Oh, now I'm a mom. That so, is such a great story. I always think, you know, because Chris and I are always, you know, we want to have children soon sometime. But it's it's so important to start collecting the positive stories around anything. I don't care if it's around children or around wanting to do something, like really focusing and looking for positive stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so drive important. You. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And you know, our our shadow thoughts, like our subconscious beliefs, they drive the bus. Like they are mm. in control really like 98% of the time. Yes. I mean, which is why so many, I don't know if you've ever read any of Bruce Lipman's books. He's incredible. He okay, is, which uh, one do you love? The Honeymoon Effect okay. and uh, The Biology of Belief. Okay. It's just, you have to read. Um, but he, it, it, so he sort of um, explores that topic, how a lot of times, you know, a new romantic relationship, everything is so amazing. And you think you've met this incredible person because both people are conscious. They're consciously picking out their outfits, consciously choosing their words, They're, the things they tell you. And then life gets busy and you get distracted. And all of a sudden you see this person, like, this eruptive personality, and you're like, who is that person? That's their subconscious person coming mm-hmm. out, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is so, but but it's it can be applied to anything in life. Like if you you can you can say that you can write out the affirmations and you can have you know set the goals, but if you don't deal with all of that subconscious mm-hmm. programming and those shadow thoughts that pop up just when you really are about to reach for something, or you know, for me, I remember. And I didn't even know, I didn't even, this went on for years. We tried to get pregnant for four years. And, and anytime I would just, you know, take a, a pregnancy test to see if I was, I was pregnant, I would, there was always this like sort of um, voice that was like this internal dialogue, like, well, it's not like it's going to happen anyway. It's not like you're meant mm. for this anyway. Wow. All the time, over yep. and over and over. And imagine how powerful that was. Yes. And I had to tell that voice to shut the fuck up. Uh-huh, you know? Totally. And when I did, it did. And mm. and look what happened. But I have I have applied that to so many things in my mm. life since. I mean, I, my career, so much has happened in the past year and a half, almost two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or year and a half. Yeah. 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 What's been one of the biggest things that was like a, whoa, I'm capable of creating what I want, like a manifestation or something that's oh, I, happened. I, yeah. Well, I think I, I started writing for Oprah magazine, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing I'd written. Um, I, I'd, I'd written, you know, 
I had a big story come out in Marie Claire actually this summer, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a couple books that I'm in process of writing. Ooh, so I, exciting. Just tons of things. Yeah. I mean, tons of things, but you have to, uh, you have to really just decide that it's, it's completely possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and, and you also have to be ready to show up as the person who is ready to receive those things too. Yeah. I had to get ready to actually be a mom, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in order to do it well, I had to know that I was capable. Yeah. What had to go? Like yeah. what, what oh. had to leave to be a mom? Oh, One God. of the biggest things for you. Petty conversations, mm. people who loop and repeat and doggy paddle in their drama, mm. the same over every day, every week, every month for year after year after year. Mm-hmm. There is no space for it. Um, people who are are just uh, chaos, unnecessary chaos. Yeah. Has, absolutely has to go. You have to trim the fat when mm-hmm. you become a mom, especially if you're going to be a career mom. Yeah. Uh, and I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a career woman and a mom. Yes. Uh, and I don't, I don't have time. I don't even have time for my own bullshit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's the, it's, I mean, <laughs> no. I'm not a mom yet, like, but it's sleeping. true. Like, like I've had yeah. those moments where I'm like, if you want to do this other thing, there is, there is zero time to even be going back and forth in my head. Like I don't have time to negotiate with myself like I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. we there are no deals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this right. Is, this is what you're doing. Oh, the biggest thing that had to go. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one. Okay. This is actually what we are planning to talk about. People pleasing. Oh yes. Go on, listen, girl. Listen. This is this was the whole thing. Yeah. We had we had gotten into such a great conversation <laughs> yeah. that I was like, "You're coming on to talk about people pleasing. Let's go." Yeah, you have to. I mean, it, it it has to go for a multitude of reasons. Number one, I don't have the energy. I mean, shit got serious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I am responsible for a life, and I have a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to my career. You know, yes, I have my own aspirations, but I also am trying to create a future for her, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that I'm an example for her. One day, if she grows up and chooses the path of motherhood, I want to serve as an example that, Mm -hmm. hey, yes, I can be a mom and I can, I'm not going to, my dreams are not going to become an old abandoned house, you know? Like I can still do whatever it is that I want to do. So that's very important to me. So by default, you just instantly have no more time for Kung Fu battles, the circus act of just like, are they mad at me? Or is everything okay? Mm. Am I pleasing this person? You know? And also here's one really big one. Since becoming a mother, I look at my, I look at my daughter and I'm like, I was that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was that. And I was that precious, vulnerable little child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we grow up and society becomes we become callous and, and society becomes callous to adults. But inside every adult is that precious, vulnerable mm. child that still lives on. Mm-hmm. And I was that. And so it's, it has infused me with a different kind of appreciation for my own life. Mm. And I refuse more than ever before to betray myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, and that's what people pleasing is. I mean, people pleasing is pleasing other people and, and denying your own wishes, your own truth, your own authentic self, mm-hmm. um, in, in an effort to to please someone else, you know, mm. you're 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 suffocating your truth, and that just you you that 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 loses its appeal when, when what life changes like something like becoming a mom. I can't even imagine because even even I I feel like just 
facing those things without a child yet is mm-hmm. still that that's still so big. It's almost like I'm kind of, you know, equating a baby with like a dream that I'm inserting right now. You should. That's <laughs> just as important. That's your yeah. baby too. I have I have other babies I'm trying to give birth to that yeah. aren't you know, humans. Yeah. And they have no, they have no time either. Like if you're talking about writing books, you're like, Mm -hmm. I actually can't even think about that because it takes me out of this. So huge for people who, uh, you know, people who are listening who aren't moms as well, but also this is so great for future if they feel like they want to be. But as far as self-betrayal, when does that, like, how does it show up for you when you are like, oh, I know that this is exactly what I'm doing. What does it feel like? And then what do you have to do or say, like, is it usually a tough conversation or what? You know what? I I am actually, I wrote an essay about this. Okay. I'm not going to read the essay. I can, I would love to just be, have access to whatever files you have Sister. there in your phone. Okay. I am not going to um, read the full thing, but I am going to read the intro because I think that it will answer mm. the question. I think that this is what it is for me. Yes. Okay. The title of this essay is that mask of people pleasing is smothering your truth. Mm. So let me mm-hmm. just, and, and, you know, it can look like so many different things. It can look like avoidance. It can look yeah. like, you know, avoiding conversations that you really, you're, you, you really need to have, uh-huh. it, you know, it can look like being at a, at a holiday gathering with a family member and you both have such staunchly different political yes. views and you're smiling and nodding politely while they're saying things that make your skin itch, you know? Oh and, God. And- I just, are you, did I, are, are you in my journal right now? What is happening? Okay. So I'm going to read just the intro and, okay. then, and then I want to, I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. okay. So that mask of people pleasing is smothering your truth. The phone rings. It's one of them again. One of those people whose presence feels like a cold, heavy chain. Mm. You glance downward at the glowing screen and everything within you pleads. Don't answer it. Not today. But you take a deep breath and you brace yourself and you accept the call anyway. You always do. I need your help, they say. And for reasons you can never explain, you feel possessed to accommodate them. To gallop into their bad day like a knight on a white horse. Mm. To loan the money, run the errands, buy the presents and wrap them in shiny paper. To entertain their dramas and pacify their lamentations. Sometimes even sweep their dusty floors and scrub their dirty dishes. Now you're staring at the clock, dreaming of that lunch hour you'll no longer be having, the one spin away from the world with your favorite sandwich. Instead, (laughs) you'll be breaking, huffing, and puffing through traffic in glorious pursuit of their rescue. It reminds you of the time you traded in that Netflix date with your blanket, couch, and bottle of wine for the unwanted dinner invitation, the one with the other person's gossip as the main course. Mm. You glossed your lips and zipped yourself into your party dress with a sense of dread as heavy as cement, all the while asking yourself, how do I always get myself into this shit? Mm. And before the night was done, your reserve of energy was hollow and dry. It's okay though. You filled it somehow, sort of. But did you ever stop to ask yourself, wait a minute, don't I have the right to say no? Mm, what's making me cry? Oh, no. <laughs> I, it's just so, we we do that for years and years and years. I, like years. Tw- 20, 30, 40 years of my life have been like, oh my God. And we're imprisoned by it. Ugh. We're slaves. Yeah. We are hostages to that. And you know, I think some of it, I, here's what I think. And tell me if you agree. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if you had this process. The biggest thing that has helped me, and there are layers to people, please. Yeah. Like it's not, you're not just going to like 
have this light bulb moment and you never no. do it again. I, like like we were just talking <laughs> yes. about, I have, uh, I've struggled the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with something. And uh, you just have to re, re say, okay, this is, this is the person I choose to be now. This is the person that I choose to be. But I think one of the biggest things that I did, and I actually did this before I, I had my baby, it was a few years ago when I really made a lot of progress in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did a lot of time travel to figure out what, where that the people pleasing sort of diseased root in me. Because mm. for everybody, it's different. Mm-hmm. And there could be a, one thing, two things, five things, a variety of things, you know, um, a, just a dynamic, a specific relationship in your life that really, um, you know, something very codependent. Where did it start? And I think you have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of disempower it. Like you make it smaller. You, you, you kind of give it a name or a face, like, you know, and, and you make it smaller. And that's what I, that's what I started to do so that anytime it would creep up, you know, doing that favor that I didn't want to do or listening to that person's drama for three hours while I like needed to go to the bathroom, wanted to spend time with my <laughs> husband, had 50 emails to answer, or maybe just didn't want to do anything at all because that's what my soul, my mind, my, my heart mm-hmm. needed that night. I, you know, I would be like, why am I doing this? And I think it, for me, it came from, you know, like we talked about earlier, learning from a very young age, experiencing trauma mm-hmm. that I, I figured out how to do, say something really funny to eject people out of their grieving and laugh. Yeah. And that became, oh, that's my purpose. I can do that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It made me feel good. Some of it comes from just, you know, you know, a combination of, of being from a religious family dynamic, being female in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a part of it. And, you know, I, abandonment issues, you know, feeling like if I don't say what this person wants me to say, or if I don't agree with what this person thinks, or if I don't abide by their, you know, follow, if I don't align myself with their expectations, they'll leave me. They won't love me. I won't, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's 95% of it. Don't you? Oh my God. So I I was, while you were talking, what just spurred for me was feeling like you won't, I was raised, I don't think we've even talked about this. I was raised extremely religious. No. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yes. Um, So I was like, oh yeah. I see you sis. (laughs) I see see you sis. I see you. And I hadn't called it, you know, this, this, this might even be the first time I, I say it out loud without like saying it to other people, but truly I wasn't aware because I always want to go back and because my family's still in it, I want to say, I'm so grateful. I, you know, I want to like, like, you know, make sure that everyone's okay. Mm -hmm. But truly I experienced extreme religious trauma around small things going wrong that turned into big things or big things going wrong that turned into bigger things. Um, And just not feeling like I was parented as, as much by my parents because you were also parented by I'm with all you. of these oh my elders. Oh, so I want to hug you. I know. We I will, we'll hug, hug after. We'll hug in a minute. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat about that <laughs> yeah, after. And I yeah. think that I had, um, I felt like everything was under a microscope Me always. Too. So you, just extreme. Were you afraid of going to hell? And all oh, I was, I lived in fear of going to hell. I was, well, ours was, ours was different. It was the world ending. Okay. I was afraid of that. Of the rapture? So, yes. Okay. What, I don't know so, what religion. Um, I'll, I'll tell you okay, later. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Sounds <laughs> Most good. everybody good. knows. Okay, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I just always, if anybody, you know, I, oh, you course, know, oh, girl, yes. see this deep-rooted keeping someone safe. It's well, fine. well, but also, 
Yeah, that's respect, their journey and their was, choice. And, and this yeah. was my, and, and one thing I'm very aware of, uh, why I talk about it in a certain way is this was my experience. Absolutely. I know so I many people in this religion who had, are having a great experience, Same. Same. but I had something with, you know, if you are in a area or a lot of people are a certain way in one specific mm-hmm. place or whatnot, mm-hmm. because I did find out later that being from a small town in that, and then being from a bigger place is quite different. Yeah. So just according to, you know, right. who's in your church or congregation. That's your truth. And it is. You, it is. You got to protect Lori's truth over mm-hmm. protecting someone. You know, and if people get offended, what are they afraid of? Mm-hmm. What are they afraid of? Yes. I true. mean, or what are, what are they threatened by? Mm-hmm. You know, because and that, and you're right. Like I have the same thing, you know, I have my family, I'm so in love with my family, mm-hmm. my grandparents, my cousins. My, I mean, they're precious. Like yeah. I've, I've just talked to my grandmother this morning, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, and she, but what works for some people, you know, I think for me, I'll just share, uh, you know, I have, again, I hate to like keep using this, but it is my truth. I went to a summer camp. It was a very charismatic church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, I went to a, a, a summer camp um, about a year after my mom passed away, or the tragedy happened. My family members passed away, and there was this. There were it was a, there was a lot of emotionalism mm-hmm. in the, in this um, uh, denomination sector of Christianity, and uh, just maybe a specific church or whatever. But um, there's a lot of emotionalism. It's very charismatic, and they all gathered around me, and I'm just like a seven year old girl, and they're laying their hands on me and yelling and speaking in tongues, and mm-hmm. and it was just scared me a lot, right. and so. I, there were, I had a lot of, there was a lot of pressure to also do that. And I think for me that worked. Some people that felt true, that felt right. right for them. And that, I honor that. And that, that's great. But the point is, that's not the point. It's not the point of knocking any religion ever. It is that that did not feel, that wasn't aligned with what felt safe to me. Mm-hmm. It did not feel authentic and true. And there was pressure to behave in that when it didn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. So that I think is the true Betrayal of self. That's where the betrayal of self, and that's the true, just mm. th- that. That's that's the pain. That's the pain. Oh you, man, this is the deep stuff you're right? talking about. Like right? the not being accepted by the people who you love the most and you look up to, and yeah. that guide you, and that, and and yes, I know that guy, that are your means of connection to what you know as life and survival. Hundred percent. It feels like survival. Yeah, because I remember hiding lying, like doing whatever I could to not like get outside of this flock because I knew nothing, especially if it's, and here's why I love talking about religion and this or this also relates to everything else. Like when I meet somebody who also was in maybe a religion where their family was really in it, but it didn't feel like their truth. Right. I'm like, it doesn't, this doesn't need to be a religion. This could be your business. Yeah. This could be you wanting to go and fulfill this while you're being a mom or while this is the most important thing to you that's in your heart and your purpose. Yes. And you feel like if you go and do this, that you are leaving how your family is, their beliefs, they're going to try to pull you down. They're not going to want you in the family anymore. They Mm -hmm. think that you're selfish. It's literally the same emotions because I've gone through both now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've gone through, it's what so much, I wrote, I feel like I spoke to so many people when I wrote my book, because I wrote it as if it was 
from how I felt when I was in... Gorgeous, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. But it came from that place of deeply understanding what it feels like to have to break a pattern within Mm. your family. A deep pattern. Mm -hmm. Like deep, deep. Where you like, (laughs) your identity is braided into it. Mm -hmm. That's that. You got to like layer by layer. Like, yeah. How do you even do that? I mean, like, how do you... Because there are people right now, you know, and we were chatting before this and it's a little past the new year and they had all of these big ideas of what it would feel like to live their truth and finally start stepping into this life that they know that they're called to. Mm -hmm. And... So often, like you said, we betray that, we smother it, we we can feel bad. We could actually feel bad about thinking we were going to do that because maybe we feel selfish over things that we have to do. So how how in the world do we start making room to start letting our truth come out and do the things that we want to do and be the person? You know, I just think it 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 radical honesty, radical acceptance, and you start each day. Cause I feel like every person has an infinite number of truth, truths. Like there's this whole movement right now, share your truth, be mm-hmm. in your truth. I so agree with that. But like sometimes I have, I have so many truths mm-hmm. and they, they evolve all the time. Totally. And I give myself per- permission. And that's one of the things that I think it's so much of it. This whole thing that we're talking about is just fear. It's fear-based. Yes. We want to be able to put people in boxes. Okay. I know what you are. I know yes. what you stand for. <laughs> I know the totality of who you are. You're not going to surprise me. You're not going to give me whiplash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we want to know what that's what you believe in. That's what you're, you know. And it's like I that's a little cramp for me. Yeah. And I don't want I don't want to do that to myself and I don't want to do that to anybody else. So I think we've got to kind of start shedding our need to label ourselves yeah. so much cram ourselves into boxes and do this the others you know do the same thing to other people don't you think oh my god you are right? so this is so funny i have i have one right now that i can that i can share okay putting myself in a box and so the last few years because i didn't in the religion i grew up in i wasn't allowed to associate with anyone outside of the religion oh, so wow. so then in my you know then i got married at a young age and uh, my husband's freaking amazing thank god we grew together um oh, thank good for you it, sister yeah. that's rare it oh, truly awesome. but we have been through yeah, it of course. <laughs> of course you have yeah, yeah and that's why it's good right like yeah. that's it's beautiful that's why we were able to grow and I found that was so when I was writing my book, I was like out in the world. I wanted to make all these friends. I'd never had like these female relationships. I really got into some really deep female relationships still in them. But what I was finding is the more that I was teaching women how to do it, the more that I was having to be out and I was networking and I was feeling. So last year I hit this wall where I was constantly going and connecting with all of these incredible women, right? Like Mm -hmm. mind blowing, amazing women. Mm -hmm. And I hit this wall where I was just like, oh my God, I I don't feel like I'm going deep with anyone. I feel crazy. I feel like I'm actually taking time away from the these people who I've met and want to make meaning really, meaningful relationships with. Yeah. I'm not going deep with anyone anymore. I felt nuts. Like really? associating was wh- just being out in the world and living in LA. Oh, I'm girl. just going to be honest. Girl, like girl. there's something three nights a week here and everybody wants you to be at everything. And then especially they're like, <laughs> she's the tribe girl. She's all about it. Yeah. And now- the girl who talks about connecting no longer wants to connect, except deeply. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so I totally I'm actually do. feeling wow. so guilty because I'm saying no like three times a week right now That's to so many things. You. That, but you're saying yes to Lori. 
I totally am, yes but to I'm Lord. feeling that box of feeling, I'm feeling worried about what people think like, oh, she talked about that and now she's not supporting people. And you know what? You are so free to evolve. Yeah. I, I mean that, like, I wish I could just put that, I wish I could like put that on a sign and walk around and just carry it with me everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you totally. Got a, you got a problem? You can see this. <laughs> Here you see, go. see Here said you. sign. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not saying shit. I'm not explaining myself for the 50th time. Because <laughs> yes. I think I, I am allowed, you're allowed, we're all allowed to change our minds. 50, mm-hmm. I can change my mind about religion, about people, about food, about career, about, you know, a certain life stance, even if, yeah. you know, fitness routine, whatever. As your life, the human experience is not... It's jagged. It's lopsided. Mm-hmm. You have to sort of change as your life. You know, there's going to be periods of expansion and periods of of contraction. And mm-hmm. just because you, you know, sort of preach a certain ethos or you know have you know a certain mindset, okay, then then but you're you're growing with your audience. Mm-hmm. You should be allowed, and you should give yourself permission to grow with your audience as well. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I think everyone should do that. They, we should be allowed to grow within our family dynamics, within our, our careers, within our workplace, within our friend group. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, you know, I think the biggest thing about my marriage is we've been married seven years. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And it's better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my husband is my best friend in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And we have not had, every day has not been perfect. Every yeah. month has not been perfect. We've had some some dark times. We went through infertility and, you know, things are... We've come through a lot of things, but relationships are not defined by, or success, even any type of success mm-hmm. is not defined by what it's like when things are easy breezy. It's, it's, I think they're defined by like how you come out of that, that the painful periods of contrast and you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and contraction and, and, uh, uncertainty mm-hmm. and growth and, and evolving. I, yeah. I, I really think, and I think that's one of kind of ties back to people pleasing as well is, we oftentimes, a lot of it happens because people want to think they know you and that they don't want you to change. Sometimes mm-hmm. people don't, they get really, really upset when you change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want you to be a certain way. And when you show them something in contrast to that, it can make them really uncomfortable. And that's why sometimes growth and change and success and evolving can be very, can become very lonely because mm-hmm. you start to get this friction and this, you know what I mean? Yes. For people who are very uncomfortable with mm-hmm. you kind of tossing a foot outside that box they put you in. The yeah. box that you never even asked them to put you in. Hey guys, this is the perfect spot to take a break because I have to tell you some exciting news. Our famous Fast Foundations Mastermind is open again for enrollment. This is a mastermind that my husband, Chris Harder, and I put on for entry-level early-stage entrepreneurs. And this is the only way to be able to work with Chris and I together in a room in person. I can promise you that this is literally one of the best masterminds out there for half the price. But I want you to listen in to some of these transformations that have Happen when you are in the room. And you guys know if you listen to this podcast that I always tell you, just show up for yourself and get your butt in the room. So listen into these. My name is Jessica Heady Gandolfi. 
Fast Foundations gave me the tools, the clarity and the confidence I needed to take my business to the next level, doubling my income in the first two weeks back in practice. Hi, my name is Monica Linda and Fast Foundations not only changed my mindset, my bank account, but also it was a game changer in the people that I connected with. But the power, the true power was in all of the relationships built and the collective knowledge of the other mastermind participants. That ROI will last a lifetime and it's priceless. Okay, so here's the deal. All of those breakthroughs that you just heard, none of those people felt ready to be in that room. And I know you're sitting here thinking, I'm not even sure if I'm there yet. But let me tell you, if you make less than 499,000 a year, we want to lock arms with you to make your business explode and make you feel confident in all of the areas that you don't yet feel confident in. And I will tell you as an entrepreneur, you never feel ready. You never, ever feel ready. It's all about taking that leap and showing up for yourself. So over the next five and a half months, we want to lock arms with you and spots are super limited. So go over to fastfoundations.com right now because we want to work with you. We want you in this room. And as you can hear from the transformation, it is your turn now to have that same experience. So let's get back to the interview. So when I have... Because man, I like to just really analyze the shit out of the box because <laughs> because it's so real. We we put ourselves in a box. They put themselves in a box. And I think the people who are upset with you the most when you change are the ones who are so in prison themselves. Like they've imprisoned themselves a million percent. It's someone who's like, I don't have that freedom. So they can't have that freedom. And the more I free myself from my own box, the more I do not put anybody in a box. Like it's almost to a, a place where no one can surprise me. I might be surprised briefly, yeah, but I don't, I really don't get surprised, super shocked or anything like that. Even with close people in my my life, I'm like, hey, I don't know what triggered that. Yeah, That could have been years of needing for something to happen. And then you get to decide how you respond later. But I just... It's not that I think everyone's inconsistent. I think that everybody deserves to be inconsistent sometimes. Oh, I love that. And to give them that like break, you know? So... Because I want it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all all want it. We all need it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Actually, I loved when I interviewed you for the Oprah Magazine piece on um, how to deal with jealous friends. Yes, uh, which sort of like, which is why we're here. Today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it went so well. Um, I loved so much your. I can't remember exactly what the, what it was, but um, when we were talking about how, you know, let's say you have friends or a family member or someone in your life who's jealous of you. Mm-hmm you know, you were sort of saying like commiserating and and let's say they're jealous because things are going really well for you Mm -hmm. and that things are not going so well for them. And you sort of like, feel like you have to fall on your sword Mm -hmm. because you're like, well, shit, like I can't, I can't like live out loud and, and like be happy and celebrate right now because it's making them feel worse about their, their lack Mm -hmm. of the lack of what they desire in their life. And you, what I love so much, and it's so simple yet so earth shattering, is you said, and this can be applied to anything. You know, you don't do anybody a favor by, you know, not shining your light. You don't do anybody a favor by getting down in the dirt with them and being mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, and just sort of like entertaining their drama and their 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 you know saga of mm-hmm. shame and lack and regret and whatever. 
when you shine and you allow yourself to shine, not in a boastful way, but in a truthful, authentic mm-hmm. way that you deserve to shine, you by default extend an invitation for them to, hey, get out of the gutter, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do the same. Yes. I yes. love that. I love that so oh, much. Thank you for that. Of course. Um, it's, I think that's what, it's, it's easier to want to connect in that way of falling on your sword and going down to their level in society. And I think it's very habitual. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And it's, it's the idea that you will not be loved by that person. It Mm -hmm. goes back to the whole people pleasing thing. Mm -hmm. Even with, yeah, even with that, even within jealousy or whatever that is, it goes back to, Oh my gosh, if I, if I shine, this person is not going to feel comfortable around me. Mm -hmm. How do I make them feel comfortable? And it's so much, I have so many phone calls just with family members that I'm like, don't join this, you know, where, where there's, so here's a question. Where's the place where you are empathetic Mm-hmm. But then you can move on and switch the subject maybe to something better or not be available for... Uh, dude, I, if you find the book, if you, <laughs> hey, let me know. I, <laughs> I am... I was just talking to someone about this at a, um, at a wedding on Saturday night, actually. It's really funny that you said that. I am so severely empathetic. I mean, and I think it, it works very well for my writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really get, I feel other people's pain. I could yeah. never be a therapist because I would be depressed all the time. <laughs> no, I, I, get I could involved. never. Yes. Yeah. I worry. I, I, I hurt for people. It's, I, I really carry a lot of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, deeply. And that's the difference between sympathy and empathy. You know, sympathy is sort of like acknowledging and, you know, for what that person's going through. And, but empathy is you kind of take it on. Mm-hmm. And when you take that on, it is, I mean, yeah, I don't know. How do you pivot? How do you pivot and, and empathize in an authentic way and then pivot and, and, and move on? And because I'm actually in, in that right now mm-hmm. with a friend who is just constantly going through a lot of things, um, a friend who I deeply love, but who I, you know, it creates a lot of their own issue, you know, problems. Mm-hmm. Although some, some things have happened that were not this person's fault, but but there's a lot that 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 they could do to to right. end a lot of it. Their misery, but they choose not to. And it's just this sort of it, it's just like deja vu over and every mm. conversation. And and you know, I have a lot of wonderful things happening in my life. Every time I talk to this person, it's nothing but negative things. And I truly I, I'm like, gosh, I don't want to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes I feel like I can't even share great things that are happening. And, you know, it, because because their things are not so great for them. And and so, yes, that is hard. I'm, I'm sort of with you and, mm-hmm. and that, I, that question. I would love to kind of explore that, you know, how do you empathize mm-hmm. in, in an authentic way? Because empathy is so important. We don't want to shed that, you know? I think it requires a uh, weird conversation that would, because I was trying to put myself in your shoes and also some of the stories that I have in my head around mm-hmm. what's in my life with that. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it will require, because I'm going to do it, uh, going to attempt it. It's going to be attempts of failed conversations and mm-hmm. some successful. And I think it's going to be yes. really weird. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Right? You have to be okay with that. Cause I was just thinking, how would that conversation go? And I was trying to think what the initial conversation would be with your friend. And it, it's like something around like, Hey, I totally love you and acknowledge all of this stuff that's going on. And I am so sorry. Like I see it. 
I get it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I want to be the friend who, while we can, you know, acknowledge it briefly, I want to be that one friend in your life who reminds you that things are good out in the world. Yeah, that's great. Something yeah. like yeah. that. And, and yeah. is that going to land great for them? Maybe not because they're really in it. Right. But your truth is coming out. And the the more and more that I think that I and you and everybody else who's listening to this can start saying, like, start start dropping hints that they want to be the person that can be the light for this person or be the person that can be positive for them. Yeah. Not not just strong and carry their stuff, but mm -hmm. be like, hey, we can acknowledge it, but then let's look at what we can control yes. and let's only talk about that stuff together. Yeah. Because like there comes a point where there's no more... This, just, this actually just happened with my mom. I was on the phone with her and I was like, hey, talking about this, like we're actually not... I said, this doesn't feel like it's getting anywhere. Does it feel like it's getting anywhere for you? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Good. It was just like, like looping like, and I'm looping. And I was just, like, yeah. let's either just put it down the drain or stop circling mm -hmm. the drain right now. You know, some of it, I think this, I, I, when you were talking, I was thinking, I think I have sort of been doing this with, a, with that friend and with others, you know? Yeah. It's, I've sort of allowed myself to not be so emotionally attached to every outcome. Mm -hmm. I used to be so emotionally attached to the outcome of everything. Yeah. I used to be for, and that really was very defeating way to go through life. Um, because, and, and now I'm not, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, I need to be okay with awkward silence or offending someone, mm -hmm. you know, or, and sometimes that means, you know, if, not answering a text message or a phone call. You know, it doesn't mean ghosting a person, but you, you're you not obligated. You're not a hostage to anyone else's drama or negativity. You're not. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they people can get, um, you know, angry. They can jump up and down. They can, you know, mm -hmm. they can whatever. And, and, but you, I think a lot of people pleasers are very atta emotionally attached to outcomes, obviously, that the whole, mm -hmm. they're driven to please. Yeah. And that's sort of like shedding, like, kind of break, kind of just assessing why am I so emotionally attached to the outcome of everything? Mm. Why am I, why do I have to have this person's approval? Why do I have to be at peace with everyone? Why do I have to, you know, in this conversation, every conversation, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes being honest and being in your truth, yeah, that's not going to happen. You're, mm -hmm. It's not, not every conversation is going to end in a, in a cordial way. You yeah. Know? Oh, I just followed that spiral of why, why am I worried to speak my truth to certain people? And I'm not as much anymore at all. But what I, if you would have asked me three, four years ago, what my belief was around it, it was that if I tell this person or try to make a negative conversation, someone in a very negative pattern, positive, or if I tell somebody that I can't, you know, maybe we can't keep connecting in this way and this is right. not a healthy relationship set in something better with more more time for me to yeah. think about. I would have thought this is how it would go. I was like, okay, if I say that, they're going to think I'm a bad person. They're going to tell people I'm a bad me person. Too. Then me rumors too. are going to get out that I'm like, oh, then we, yeah. she's this writer who writes about all this positive stuff or Lori's the speaker who speaks of all this positive stuff, but she's full of shit because this, she's not even here for me when I do this. She's selfish. She's so this is the spiral I'm in. Yes. Yeah, that sort of sort of it 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 sort of happened. Yes. But one same, person. I think same when you start speaking your truth, it's mm -hmm. going to happen. Yeah. So with your 
yours, what did yours look like when it happened and how did you get yourself out of the spiral? Or were you like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like? Um, well, I think I just was so fed up with with it all. But I mm-hmm. think also, to, you know, it's so funny because we, we just sort of spiral out and we have all of these hypotheticals and we're just like, <laughs> oh my God, and then everyone's going to hate me and I have no friends. Yeah. Uh, but actually, if a person... If you're if a person if you're engaging with a person that's that difficult, yeah, other people see that too. Yes, you think they don't? I mean, other they people do. see that too. So you know, I think that um, there's this that one quote that sort of circ- I've seen circulating a lot is that when a toxic person can no longer control you, they will try to control the way others see you. Mm. And that's wow, really, that's good. Isn't that good. Oh my god, right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeling that all the way. Yes. Um, but um, I think. Uh, you, I think that I sort of hit a place where I was so fed up with the drama and I was like, you know what? I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I am not going to engage with someone I, who I don't respect, who I do not trust just because I don't want them to potentially ruin my reputation. Mm-hmm. None of the things that I was worried about happened. The person ended up coming back and wanting to be get it in my good graces again, very, very quickly. Um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with, I mean, you, we all need to be self-aware. We all need self, you know, reflection. And I remember in that period, there were some things that, that I said, you know, maybe I could have done better. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could have said better. Maybe I could have handled, you know, reacted in certain ways better. But I think, um, we can't live our lives afraid of honestly conflict. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So this is what I want to ask them. Mm-hmm. So I think being people who, if you listen to this podcast, you probably are someone who's into personal development or you're very mm-hmm. self-aware or you want to up-level um, or you're very conscious. Mm-hmm. And I think what can happen to people uh, who are like that, like us, who want to be very conscious and up-leveled and personally developed, there's there was this theme for a long time that like, and maybe this was in my head, but I want to see how you feel. <laughs> like if things are like you if things aren't going well or you're attracting certain things in your life. So if you're doing something negative, you're like, why did I attract that? What was I thinking? What bad thing was I putting off? Like this hyper, like you're so tightly wound. Oh my my God. God. Like if something goes wrong, there's something wrong with you or Mm -hmm. how you're coming off into the world. And I've come to the realization for myself now that the world is going to give you lessons in things that you're not necessarily even attracting, but they give you what you Dude. need in order to Dude. move forward. And they're not... The best lessons for me have not been good and they have not been fun. And I have not been a person who's like, oh, you attracted all that shit in your life. No, I needed it. I needed it to Same. let go, to know what I was made of, to stop people pleasing, to... The yeah. He- the heavens just parted. Yeah. And truth <laughs> is raining down. No. Um, seriously, no... How else would you know if you weren't presented, if you weren't like tossed a hardball no, of like I don't some know. difficult, how would you know that you've even grown? How would you have that appreciate, you know, how would you know, hey man, like I, I took this opportunity to do it differently this mm-hmm. time. If you were never given the opportunity. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I, I'm looking back over some of the toughest lessons and it was... It, they're the kind that you you know, and everyone has them. You're like, God, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Like mm-hmm. this feeling, and you feel like you're never going to get through them. And you're like, God, why are you? You know, whatever you believe in, like, why are you having me experience this? And then mm-hmm. when you when you learn 
to let go of it, forgive it, or give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of those lessons. Yeah. You need, either need one of those. It's going to take something massive and it's usually going to take someone super close to you. And it's typically for me, 99% of the time going to be someone who um, like judges my character or makes me feel bad about who I am as a person. And without those, I would never... Are you kidding? I wouldn't learn anything. So I'd just be like, I don't care about them. It doesn't matter. It's got to be someone close to me. It's so weird. You know what I think is so cool about the human experience? Like why it's so cool to be human? Mm -hmm. Is every single thing in my life that I have gone through, every like obscenely awful thing, unthinkable Mm -hmm. thing, unfathomable thing. I mean, I've had abusive relationships. I mean, just... Mm-hmm. So many things, okay? And every awful thing, there has been something so gorgeously amazing on the other side mm-hmm. of it. If Only if I have been willing to receive it and see mm. it. Life does not take something away from you or destroy anything without giving something of equal value in return. Mm. Every single thing in my life has been... Every, every awful thing, there has mm-hmm. been, there is a gift. Yes. Every, there is, I could, you could break down everything in my life and every person I know, you know, you have to be willing to see it. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're doggy paddling in the swamp of, I can't believe this happened. This is awful. You're never going to see it. You're mm-hmm. never going to see it. And I don't say that in a way where I, I lack compassion because I know that it's hard. Yeah. You know, if you're going through, you're grieving, if you've been through something awful, I know that it's hard, but I promise you, whatever you have been dealt. There is something so the same to whatever degree of something awful you've experienced, mm-hmm. the same degree of something amazing is right there. And, I'll, and I'll, I could just break it down for you. I mean, I, I had had experienced outrageously unthinkable family tragedy, mm-hmm. but I, I have two incredible brothers as a result, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I'm very, they, they feed my life all the time. Mm-hmm. Two uncles to my baby girl, two, you know, brothers-in-law to, to my husband. They're super close. You know, I, my, my sister-in-law who I adore, mm-hmm. um, is like a sister to me. I mean, so many gorgeous gifts. Also just the way, you know, if I had not experienced that, I'm able to, I believe, appreciate and love my daughter even more. Mm-hmm. I have a perception of life that it's very, I realize how precious it is, how mm-hmm. valuable it is, how important it is to love. You know, my my husband lost his dad to a, a massive heart attack at age 16. And we have, mm. you know, connected and bonded through having both experience. So there's so much beauty woven into my life as a result of everything horrific that's ever happened. Mm. That doesn't mean that I have to be grateful mm-hmm. for those things, but I am grateful that I am, I am grateful that life never, ever, ever destroys anything. It never takes anything away. It never presents you with a hardship without giving you the opportunity. And the keyword is opportunity. Opportunity, because that's something mm-hmm. you have to receive for something so unbelievably gorgeous. Every mm-hmm. single time, mm-hmm. every time, oh, without I, fail. I couldn't agree more. And I think if you would just say where the opera, what you do to see the opportunity? Is it shifting a question? Yeah, always. Is it shifting your stance? So what what is a stance that you take afterward? Like, I sort of always start with who do I want to be in this situation? Like, who mm-hmm. do I want to be right now? Um, I remember when I was going through infertility, I had an absolute meltdown in my kitchen. Um, this was about four or five months before I conceived my daughter. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I, I, 
I had grown up without my mom. I'd lost mm-hmm. her in a tragic way and I wanted to be a mom so bad and it wasn't happening. And everywhere I went, I would see fertile wombs, like big bellies and <laughs> breasts and yeah. like women pushing, you know, babies around the park. And I felt like I was the last kid standing on the playground mm. begging to be seen and chosen. You know, mm-hmm. I felt so left out because mm. I was like, I'm 38 now and I, I want to be a mom. And I, not only do I not have my mom, but that, why is this not happening for me? What, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I had a meltdown on, on my, in my kitchen floor. I, I, I mean, I did, it was, it was like one time I just like, I'm not okay anymore. I can't mm. keep being strong in this situation. And, um, my husband literally scooped me up off of the floor. I hit just like rock bottom. And I, I was so, there was so much pain mm. and, and I, and I, it was so, so bad that I, I couldn't tell sometimes if I was grieving the absence of my mom or grieving the absence of my womb. It was the same thing. It blurred together. And, but what I did is I was just like, okay, what have I done in every time in my life where I've been in an awful situation or I've put myself in an awful situation or Mm -hmm. something terrible has happened? I always go back to, okay, this is where I'm at. This Mm. is the truth of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be in this situation? Mm. Who do I want to be? And that's kind of the to me, that every time that kind of represents the getting up, dusting off your knees, going, okay, okay, I, you know, mm-hmm. who do I want to be in this situation? And when you just start there, very mm-hmm. simple, very simple, just very it, little, little, it'll just start tugging at you. Beauty, little offerings of beauty will just kind of like start tapping you on the shoulder mm-hmm. a little bit, asking for your attention. You know, mm-hmm. for me, infertility was an amazing gift. Because mm-hmm. I have been able to comfort so many other women who mm-hmm. are in it and encourage them. I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Um, it has been uh, having, getting, when I did become pregnant, it was so skyrocketing and amazing after mm-hmm. such a long stretch of not knowing if it would ever happen. Mm-hmm. It actually has inspired a book that I'm writing mm-hmm. that I'm really excited about. Um, so, it, it has fed my life. It has fed me as a mother. It has mm-hmm. fed the woman that I am. It has made me, it's also made me very, even more compassionate about people who feel left out. Maybe not even necessarily infertility, but maybe um, they want love so badly mm-hmm. and they feel like it'll never happen for them. Or maybe they want to get out of debt so badly and, or they, and they don't have any support and they don't know how, or they just feel like no one cares about them. Or maybe they're, you know, they want to own a home and they're 45 and they're like, when am I ever going to get it together? I don't know who I, what I want to, you know, still don't know what I want to be when I grow mm-hmm. up. It's, it's, I think that even though it was very painful to move through, the gift has been really being able to connect with people who feel left out in a variety of ways. Mm. There's so much beauty in that. And I'm, I'm thankful for the experience. I'm thankful mm. for every experience. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I want to in life, I mean, the human experience, you can't even have why, how would life even matter if we didn't die, if it didn't have an Mm -hmm. expiration, you know? I know. I go back and forth with that one. And always it's like, it comes down to like, wow, it really is, makes you so much more grateful. Like, I I don't know how people would think if it just kept going forever and ever and ever, it would be a very different mindset of how you even treat every day. I can't even imagine it, right? No. And and where would the beauty be? Like, you know, because of death's finality, we... I mean, that's just like when someone dies, we just like feel, you know, we're incited to like celebrate them more than ever. Mm -hmm. We we talk about their inside jokes. We talk about their funny quirks, their idiosyncrasies. We feel inspired to celebrate them. Mm -hmm. 
when and it, when faced with the finality of their of their death, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why it it means so much. But you could apply the same thing to, you know, when bad things happen or, or you perceive that something really bad has happened. Okay, so what's the opportunity for beauty in this? Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's hard at first. You just keep asking yourself that. Sometimes you're not ready to even mm-hmm. look at that question. You just you know you just you keep letting yourself and you're until you're ready to sort of explore. But I think at some point, if you allow yourself to be in that place yeah. of possibility, just to say, you know, just being open mm-hmm. to what is the gift in this? What is the opportunity for gift in this? Where could this lead me having moved through this awful experience? What could this be sparking in me? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, that's huge. I, I, as you're saying that it's like, it's always been those moments of just, yeah, willingness to look at it. And it's okay to be like, nope, not ready for that. Exactly. But totally. could I be ready? Like, could I be ready down the road? Mm -hmm. Am I ready to feel different today Mm -hmm. than I did yesterday? Like, am I, am I ready to give myself some sort of question or gift to feel different? Right. Because it's so easy to be like, nope, not ready. Nope, not ready. Mm -hmm. But like, do you want to feel different? Yeah. Because that's going to require a different question and allowing yourself to look at it. But man, mm -hmm. yeah. You want to stay? You want to grieve this? Because you know how to stay. Yeah. You are good at staying. Really good at that. Really good at that. Yes, totally. Oh my gosh. Um, I could talk to you all day. Yeah. Literally. We'll we'll have to do a part. We'll have to do a part two. Let's do it. When is your book coming out? Do you have any Uh, idea? Are you just in kind of like the... So I have two books coming out. Okay. Um, One, I'm co-authoring a book with a certain person. You know, I have, because of my work, I've, I've had to mm-hmm. interview a lot of celebrities yeah. and she is, is, has had to style a lot of celebrities and go on tour with them and groom them for, you know, music videos yeah. and um, a lot of things, you know, yeah. carpets. And so that book is about, um, through a variety of narratives involving some of the people the world most idolizes, we're sort of... <laughs> um, it's tentatively called the human side of Hollywood. Mm. And so we're sort of exploring like the, you know, misconceptions and fallacies and illusions around fame and wealth mm. and power. Yeah. Um, sort of a woke tell all, if you yeah. will. Not, not a tell all, not, there's no tea. It's not like that. Um, so that's coming out. I'm mm. not quite sure we're, we're deep in the editing process yeah. of that right now. And that there's, that's very uh, in depth because there's, we have to get dates and facts and things. Yes. There's a lot of really narratives and, and, you know, um, and then the motherhood book is mostly written. Um, so I'm hoping for, um, 2020. Oh, yeah. that'll yeah. be awesome. Well, yeah. you have to come back on. Of course. I'd love for to. those. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to tell you that I so appreciate you and thank God that you have decided to write because your brain, like what? you guys, she'll, she'll just write like little things. And I'm like that vocabulary and what? the way that you say yeah. it. Oh no, you are, you are truly, truly gifted. Thank you. And I think words are such a modality of healing for people because the way that you say things is uh, completely perspective shifting and it's very easy to receive and also beautiful at the same time. I feel the same way about you. So you open it right up. So I'm so grateful um, to have met you. I've loved this last hour. We'll have to do it again. Um, And I always end on one last question. Yeah. But first, where can we find you, follow you? I'm like, oh, I (laughs) forgot that one. (laughs) Well, um, so my Instagram is the Lacey Johnson and Twitter is the same. And I have a brand, thewonderreport.com that Mm. I uh, started just because I wanted, I write for all of these magazines. Mm-hmm. I write for Pop Sugar, Oprah Magazine, Marie Claire, written for a lot of, so you can find a lot of my work there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I launched um, the Wonder Report, uh, and I have a small team of writers just to produce content that is very positive, but also kind of um, evokes curiosity and mm. wonder. Sort of looking at life through that lens, so you can find me there as well. Oh, awesome! Yeah. I'm gonna check that out. Okay, and I always end on the last question, okay. which is, yes. um, what's my last question? Here it is. Okay. <laughs> I have only asked it 457 yeah. times. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, you are in passing with a complete stranger. It's mm-hmm. like 30 seconds, whether it's on the street or in an elevator. Okay, and it's literally like 30 seconds, okay. and they look at you. And they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Know that uh, your existence, um, your place, your your existence here on this earth is no accident. Mm. Um, There are jewels and treasures inside of you that are longing to be brought to life. And you will never regret honoring the truth inside of yourself. Mm. And you can access all that if you stop people pleasing. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful for you. And you guys, if you loved this episode, make sure that you text it to somebody right now or you share it, or we would love, love, love if you would share it on Insta stories and tag both of us and let us know your biggest takeaway. And I promise you, I will respond back to you. All right, you guys, <laughs> until it. next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought and honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. 
And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. 
It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori.